Hello and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to have another very interesting show. Uh, we're going to be honoring the United Nations Day of Conscience, the International Day of Conscience. And we're going to be doing that with two guests uh, who I think are going to be adding a lot to this very, very important subject that is just altogether too skimmed over in our daily lives. And conscience is the thing that if the world were governed by, wow, would we have a better world. So it's really a pleasure to have joining us today Michael Selfridge, who has served as the Director of Communications for the Federation of World Love and Peace, known as FOPAL, since 2008. In this capacity, Michael worked closely and does work closely with Dr. Hong, the president of FOPAL, to implement public engagement campaigns such as the Era of Conscience, which has reached into 197 nations around the world. Michael has also hosted numerous events in North America, South America, Europe, Asia, and Oceania. He also regularly engages with presidents, prime ministers, and ambassadors, promoting the Federation's values of peace and love to achieve a harmonious world. Michael was an integral member of the team that crafted the draft language adopted by the United Nations to establish the International Day of Conscience. We're also joined by the executive producer of the International Day of Conscience, and that is Paul Slakas. Reverend Paul Sakas, who is also one of my close friends and colleagues for decades in the media world and beyond. He's also the president of Milestone Broadcast Corporation. So it is a pleasure to have you both on A Better World today. I love what you've both been up to for so many years. It's right up our alley here at A Better World. And so, Michael, if you would, please just uh, start us off with uh, what the Conscience Conference is about and uh, what should our audience know about it? All right. So, hi, Mitchell. It's good to talk with you and to be on with, Pleasure. with all your audience. So, the International Day of Conscience goes back to when we started looking at that, we looked at the International Day of Conscience as we looked back historically and looked at the World War One, which ended 102 years ago. We looked at World War Two, which ended 75 years ago, and then the subsequent founding of the United Nations with the mandate to create international peace and security. And as the name of Fopal says, our objective is to create a world of peace and love. And so as we examined, and we've worked, been working with the United Nations for a long time, since the year 2000 mm -hmm. at least, and as we were looking at what we can do, we noticed that for all the efforts the United Nations has done, which is laudable, they've done a lot of good work to promote peace, but they always, there's an objective that seems to be falling a little bit short and as we look at that, we notice in all the United Nations events that they have trans, they've 
transform to more discussing concrete terms, you know, providing peacekeepers, observation, military um, services. And so as we watch that, we notice that they never talk about love. They never talk about conscience. And we looked back, and if we, when we looked back to that, we start. We need to talk about these more, a little bit more spiritual forms of drawing from ourselves our internal values to project mm-hmm. on, and share with each other. Because we need to create mm-hmm. this a movement of conscience. Because this is the component we view is missing has had been missing from the United some of the United Nations. We look back, and actually, in the founding, 1948. Uh, the Declaration of Human Rights. They actually referenced conscience, but some of that mm-hmm. had moved to the way, wayside to go to more concrete terms. So we really wanted to re-inject into the United Nations and into the world consciousness this idea of global citizenship, the idea of conscience, and our obligation to our community to not just look out for ourselves, but look out our those global community, look out for each other and expand that love of expand conscience, our conscience to care for everyone. And so that is really kind of the impetus of some of our movement. And then um, in 2018, we hosted with, uh, with Kiribati the uh, Sustainable Development Conference in the United Nations. And through that, there were two things that came out. One is the Ambassador Sito of Kiribati. He, he basically proposed a peace resolution. And then two, one thing that I thought was really insightful from him, he called Dr. Hong, the president of Fopal, a modern-day Confucius, recognizing mm. Dr. Hong's wisdom. And so that was a really, a really strong endorsement. And so triggered by or initiated by um, Ambassador Sito, we started and in the first week of July of uh, 2018, we actually started to form this resolution. We got together and worked on that draft resolution. Uh, Also, I wanted to say during that May, so that was April 5th, 2018, and during that there were 22 United Nations missions in attendance and 32 uh, representatives from various nations in attendance of that conference. So it was a really good Mm -hmm. workshop to build global Mm -hmm. consensus. So we drafted the language, and then we invited other nations, and a big nation that really grabbed onto the concept and really took it to full fruition was the Kingdom of Bahrain. And they helped to put it on the agenda to be voted for. And okay, it, good. on good. July 25th, it received a global endorsement. You know, not, you um, know, as we say in Chinese, mazel tov. I think that's really good news, <laughs> and I'm very glad to hear it. Uh, I want to turn to Paul Slarkis here for a moment, and thank you very much for all that information, Michael. It really helps to ground our uh, conversation today. But I do want to just say a thing or two. Uh, I happen to have been very friendly with one of the founders of the United Nations, Robert Mueller, who was the Assistant Secretary General for, oh, several administrations. Um, He passed a few years ago, but he was very involved his whole life 
in the activity at the United Nations. And he formed something, you probably know, uh, you may, called A Better World Schools. And my organization, this is before I knew him, well, is, of course, A Better World since 1993. And uh, when I met him in 1999 down in Costa Rica at the University for Peace, that he lived nearby, and I was part of Radio for Peace International at the time, uh, I saw that he had this entire uh, school curriculum for creating a better world. And he was a man of deep heart and deep sense of love and peace. If you did know him, you would have loved him, and he would have been perfect for faux Paul, quite honestly. But, you know, he also talked to me about some of the uh, failings of the United Nations, uh, which are very much in alignment with what you're talking about, and I very much appreciate it because uh, it is an opportunity for a global dialogue that I don't feel has been uh, really utilized much at all. Um, certainly, to some extent, it has. But you're right. I mean, we don't really talk about the deeper, I don't even want to say philosophical, you know, more the existential realities of the importance of love, uh, the physiology and biology of love and peace, and the kind of world we can create when we really embrace these instead of coming from our heads all the time and figuring out the right political move with a little sprinkling of conscience in between. You know, I... It's it's a different kind of perspective that I feel you and your organization are bringing to the table, especially headed up by a modern-day Confucius. How do you go wrong? So thank you for your input. Paul Slakis, who has been engaged in creating a better world through Good News Planet and Good News Broadcast and everything else in his life, welcome to a better world. It's been a while since you've been on. So glad to have you, Paul. Hello, Mitchell. Hello, Michael. How are you guys? Doing well. Good, good, good. Now, you are the executive producer of this day that we're canceling, but at least we're having this roundtable. Tell me a little bit about what was your impetus for uh, helping to coordinate this at the UN. Uh, so, well, let me let me clear, clear this up uh, a little bit here, Mitchell. So, uh, and since we've been buddies for so long, I want to make sure um, – in essence, I, I know Faux Pao and uh, the modern-day uh, Confucius, uh, Dr. Hong, and the organization who I love dearly for, I don't know, maybe 20 years. And uh, they've appeared in our World Peace Day concerts, the International Day of Peace. I've been there seeing them in, uh, in Taiwan, uh, and they're in, uh, in uh, California all over, and... Uh, uh, they're just a, they're a worldly group, um, and uh, we have a wonderful press release about how many people have been involved with their ringing of their bell. I think they're up to 399 and Nobel laureates, and and so they asked me because of our success, I guess, and from long-term friendship, to actually executive produce a uh, an event. Uh, to commemorate this, uh, inaugurate this uh, International Day of, P of Conscience on April 5th. So because I, uh, I know New York, I was able to, uh, uh, along with Fopal, secure uh, Times Square. And actually we had Times Square and Dog Hamelschild Park to start off with. We were going to do two days. 
But uh, and then we decided just to do uh, Times Square. We had everything worked out to do this. We had the camera crews to go live, the staging, big project. We've been working on this for about, I don't know, three, four months. But then, uh, unfortunately, the coronavirus uh, uh, happened, uh, and uh, Dr. Hung uh, was, and the FOPAL was uh, quite uh, upfront early on to say, you know, we can't, uh, we can't jeopardize the New York uh, and the world's community and uh, the crossroads of the world. And so we postponed it. We're using the word postponed. And uh, that's our scenario. So I, in essence, will, uh, I had uh, a lot of good, talented, wonderful people that uh, were going to appear as friends for this uh, important uh, uh, mission. And those people have now actually recorded something for us and there are comments about what the International Day of Conscience means to them. And we have Georgia Fumante from uh, from Canada, and she's performed all over the world, a lot in uh, Asia, Europe, uh, a renowned uh, opera singer. Um, and she'll, she's going to perform. Uh, actually, she, we're taking the segment she did in the, at our Peace Day party events on September 21st. And then we'll have the Indigo uh, Twins, uh, They've made a special segment for us, and uh, then we have Annie Pang. Annie is uh, a Chinese-American living here in uh, in the New York area, um, and she shares some thoughts about the International Day of Conscience. And then we'll finish with Katia Graniva, who just performed in the big Carnegie Hall on the piano. So we'll have a nice little segment within the body of the broadcast, and the broadcast will be at midnight uh, on April 5th. It will be on the website, uh, www.icday.org, which is FOPAL's website. Uh, Good News Planet will also broadcast it, and uh, it's a big honor for us to get involved. Sounds wonderful. In fact, I think the last time I saw you, Paul, was at Katya's concert a year ago at Carnegie Hall. You looked dapper, if I may say. Oh, it's an unusual night then, uh, Mitchell. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far, Paul. Well, thank you for uh, bringing us up to speed here. I don't know what you clarified, but you certainly made a wonderful statement about the power of what you put together as this event, which is, yes, postponed for the time being. Uh, I guess neither of your organizations were able to uh, invite the coronavirus to terminate its power so we could let love and peace reign. Well, in Central in uh, Times Square, well, that's okay. We're all working on that in many different ways. Michael, uh, if you would, uh, tell me, I'd be really interested to know, Are you able, based on what you were saying before about how to, let me say, upgrade the conversation that takes place at the UN? We know that it is a place of heart at base. We know its purpose and mission is a sound and beautiful one. Uh, And we also know that its execution has fallen uh, far behind what its original tenets and uh, overall purpose was. Uh, was in its formation. What concrete steps have you and Dr. Hong or others taken to increase the conversation around the higher values of really creating peace and love among nations? 
So um, first I want to go back. I want to share a little bit of a joke, and it's a little tangential, but I hope everybody uh, – one of my friends shared Jokes with are me, always says, welcome. Who led the digital transformation of your company? A, the CEO, B, the CTO, or C, the COVID-19, with COVID-19 naturally <laughs> circled. Um, so, and I did a want to clarify. bad COVID joke. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, I did want to clarify. So we're postponing the event in Times Square, but we're not canceling our International Day of Conscience event. So what we're doing instead is inviting everyone to log on to the icday.org, which is I is international, C is conscience, and then day.org. And we're inviting, we're going to have a live performance, or we're going to have a live broadcast. We're going to have a broadcast that starts at midnight on the international date line, but it will be played. It's about an hour program, and it will be played throughout the day so people can just watch it. Uh, and it'll include the bell ringing, some performances and really energizing people, helping them to understand the importance and impetus of the International Day of Conscience. And we also invite people to go to that website. They can promote the event. There's lots of material on the website. But to shift back to your question, so I really want to get that in. Um, we're doing Instagram, Facebook, okay. Twitter. So we really want to get that in to make sure that people are aware that this is not yes. canceled. It is going forward. And it's just shift digitally, just like kind of the joke said. But yeah. um, regarding when I the first United Nations event, and I, I really want to applaud the United Nations for their mission and their and all the hard people. I don't think anybody goes to the United Nations with an intent to bollocks things up. Everybody that goes to the United Nations really has the best um, intention at heart. But sometimes so. as, life, as, as life goes on, you get a little bit jaded. I remember during that 2018 event, the April 4th, 5th, 2018 event, the ambassador from Australia came up to us and she's like, I've ha the one word that I have not heard in the United Nations is love. love. She had only been there a short period of time, the new position. She said, I haven't heard the mm -hmm. word love. I'm so happy and refreshed to hear love mm. in the United Nations. And <clears throat> when we go out into the world, so we do our perspective as Fopal is we have two, we have two perspectives. One is we have a ground up grassroots perspective where we try and mobilize the base. We've done these initiatives that span the globe, 185 countries, 195 countries, 197 countries, millions of signatures saying, hey, this, uh, we believe in promoting human rights. And so we show within the global community that these are values that everyone hears. The world peace, I have not talked to a person that's a, that does not believe in world peace. It's just how do we get there and how do we achieve this aspirational goal and yeah. our answer of course is conscience but when i first the first event that i attended with the united nations back in united nations in 2008 i didn't hear much talk really about the global community and us and so we were we were but i know there's a lot of people that promote that but 
we've been we would go to these events and we talk about the global community and, and we and draw that conversation to the aspirations of the people and remind the, we we try to remind and and energize the people at the top to keep these concepts and aspirational goals in mind so so and so we will energize them all of our performance all of our events always incorporate music which is a beautiful form you guys were talking about going to the concert together music touches people's hearts. It connects hearts together. And it's a way for people to create that instant connection of heart. And, and we really, this is something that we really, all of our events will incorporate into that. So this is part of, we're, we try and instill passion and energy into a lot of the very, very, very dry United Nations events. They're so technical. <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. um, and so we, we but it's bring, more than that. We, I mean, that, that, I mean, if you don't mind my saying, I, I mean, I think that that's beautiful, um, except that it seems to me that your mission is truly high and mighty, if you will, and uh, it it really deserves more than cheering the people up at the UN who are busy reading, you know, uh, position papers on, uh, you know, the next uh, – little administrative activity that they have to engage in. You are bringing a level, as does, by the way, Good News Planet, Paul, and A Better World. We're looking to bring an energy right into the uh, the masses as well as to uh, affect and influence and shape governmental thinking, no question about it, and corporate thinking for that matter. But I'd love to know what you're actually doing on the ground when you go to these 197 countries. I mean, I think it's just so laudable that you have such a reach um, in the years that you've been active. Um, I would love to know, like, what is that conversation? The United Nations is only one body of many. And, uh, you know, it's where the people meet the earth on the ground, if you will, in all of the countries dispersed around the planet. That really makes the difference. So what are those dialogues like that really actually can, for instance, like I'll just give a quick example, like in uh, Ecuador and Bolivia where they have earth-based constitutions. That changes the thinking of the people to include Mother Earth, Pachamama, in their thinking and their being because their entire country is based on protecting Mother Earth. Wow, that's strong language. So I'm wondering if there are ways, I don't doubt for a second, there are rather elegant ways that you and Dr. Hong and others in your organization have managed to change the dialogue on the ground in these so many countries in which you're uh, accepted and uh, welcomed. Exactly, and that's that's what we try to do. I look at it. That's kind of that grassroots est- uh, effort that yes. we do. So we that's we will right. hold we, yeah. we will hold classroom type environments. So we will hold big auditorium type events. It really just, and we never charge for anything we do. We 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 are completely nonprofit. We're self-funded. We we don't. So we create 
access to everyone that wants to participate. This is not we don't we don't even fundraise to to do that. But what we do is oh, you just have a lot of very rich people on your board. That's great. <laughs> well, everyone everyone. Oh, and I have been wishing that for a long time. <laughs> Everybody that participates Sorry, is really committed. So we will we'll, we'll volunteer our own time and our own effort and our mm-hmm. own um, in order to. And we have a very large people who have seen the value of what we do. They say, "Hey, we want to participate. In this let me join in and let me travel with you. Let me let me do this." So this is kind of the way we do it. But we go down, and one of the keys to peace, from my perspective, is. If you look at every war initiative, the first thing you need to do is make other people the others. They're the bad guys. They're the enemy. They're they're outside of us. And we go into each individual con- uh, country, show our diversity, and show how our hearts are no different than their hearts. And mm-hmm. then we try to empower the Beautiful. people with language, so we inoculate. You know, we're talking about viruses spreading the world. We're inoculating the with people love. to say no. When if when those leaders say those are those other peoples are bad. You know, in the United States, we say, hey, oh, the, yeah, the Mexicans are rapists or something. That's not true. <laughs> They're beautiful, beautiful um, citizen, world citizens. So what we do is we we inoculate against that and our effort is to inoculate against that and then we we encourage the people that we encounter to go spread to their friends and and spread out so we try to spread this inoculation of this positive thinking of this understanding that the hearts of everyone all global citizens are unified these are common aspirations and Mm -hmm. we want to energize that and spread that energy out to create an inoculation against war and let people know that they are empowered they can they can go to their leaders and say this is our demands and we want peace we want a better world we want human rights these are the these are the values that we all we all want conscience-driven decisions. And these are these are the things we promote. It's, I hope that okay. clarifies on what that's we do great. on the ground. I'm very glad. I'm, I'm very glad to hear that because that's uh, that's really reaching in and down uh, and to the people in a way that I think is uh, really beautiful and very substantive. Paul, Ditcho. I know Ditcho. you have... Yes. I want it. I'm all excited. I can't resist. <laughs> oh, no, I was about to invite you in. I was going to ask you a question, but please, offer. I know. I, you know, I, I'm a, you know, I like to make these the shows, so I get all excited when I know how wonderful, wonderful people are. And that's why they've been a friend for such a long time. Yeah. When you, in addition to what Michael just said, when you go and to a, an event that FOPAL is involved with, you come out a happier person, and I'll tell you why. They are like Disneyland of love. <laughs> they are the happiest, the most sincere, wonderful entertainers, but it's not entertainment in the sense of they're putting on a show for show's sake. When when Michael tells you all these people are volunteering and all these people are caring and loving, they're so yeah. involved. 
they hear, I'm going to give you an example. So we did uh, good news in our broadcast. We did the first Katrina um, um, uh, fundraiser in Manhattan. I did it over mm-hmm. on Pier 23, uh, whenever that was. And I did it for the Salvation Army. That was our, our uh, benefactor. And I got some wonderful, famous talent come was down. Was that when and, Pete Seeger came? Yeah, Pete Seeger. You probably were there. Mitchell, you and I are buddies. I was so there. You probably even I have spoke. a photograph of a toucan on my shoulder. <laughs> well, we had great people. But now, here's, this is the picture. We're on the Pier 23 on the Hudson River. And we said we're going to do like one of these uh, Jerry Lewis telethons, and we're going to go all night and raise money and come on down to uh, Pier 23, and you'll hear people perform. Around 2 o'clock in the morning, this is 2 o'clock in the morning, it's down there, and all of a sudden about 50 people from FOPAL, 50, come down. They were in town, and they did it like an hour show. I'm telling you, quelled, quelled, in Yiddish, if you want to say Mazel Tov, which which lightened, opened up my soul and my heart. Oh, my. I I knew them before. I think I was there at 2 p.m., so I missed (laughs) the the festivities. Every time, they just did a big event in the United Nations, um, the the same thing, uh, they just are, they're so, one, talented, uh, and there's just positive life. They are what they say. There's no doubt about it. And so I was so excited to get a chance to work with them again. And they've been in our Peace Day shows. They come there at Times Square. Everybody's already clapping and happy and smiling. Yes. Nobody's yes. not smiling. Opal uh, shares their uh, uh, earnest love. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's just so beautiful, Paul. I really appreciate that that story. And it it helps to show what you're doing. I mean, in some ways, you know, we talk about love as an energy, right, as a frequency even. So if your organization is emanating that, you know, on the ground and at the United Nations, you know, people are going to have an experience of it, as you well know. And, you know, as you were talking before, Michael, about music transmitting that and uh, humor transmitting that which is one of paul's and my favorite tricks here and uh you know through these means of showing goodwill and good cheer uh and compassion and understanding so much of the uh nonsense in this world gets transcended and we go beyond it into that place that we all know of a unified uh, you know humanity a unified field so i i really applaud you for playing the significant role that you have played and Dr. Hong and Paul and I are always supportive and love broadcasting about people who are making these efforts. You know, it it almost, this world has become in so many ways so kind of embittered and cynical because of the uh, seemingly ubiquitous presence of war and famine and disease, etc. It's hard when you look globally uh, to be uplifted in some ways. 
But the reality is there are other ways in which it's easy to be uplifted, paradoxical as it sounds, because there is so much good happening. There are so many people doing, like, in fact, this whole COVID-19 event is uh, an incredible expression of people going far beyond the norm to be of service to each other, the healthcare practitioners, the doctors, the nurses, uh, so many people. I mean, the firemen and the people who are showing up to work every single day, you know, at, at great risk to themselves. And um, so, I mean, honestly, I see the world as spinning in love all the time. And I also see the aberrations to it, if you will, you know, a couple of I don't even want to say they're bad acting as bad apples. They're not bad apples because they're actually rotten. It's just they haven't had a chance to fully ripen, to continue the metaphor. Anyway, uh, closing words, Michael and Paul. I'd love to hear uh, last words you'd like to share with our audience. So for for me, I'll start first so I can filibuster again. Um, so... I do want to invite everyone listening to the show and to go to icday.org. We have a lot of material. We have internet banners. We have a forum for submitting videos or artwork. We've done. We've got uh, color sketches that children can color in and wor- write words of conscience. We've got a lot of material on the icday.org website. And then also, yes. if you want to find out more about FOPAL, visit fopal.org. F-O-W-P-A-L. Org. Visit those two websites. You can find out a lot more about us. You can reach out to us to find out more, find out how you can volunteer, find out you can, how you can help to promote this. And I just wanted to express my appreciation to both Paul and Mitchell for giving us this forum and audience. Absolutely. I, it's really a pleasure and my, honor to have both. you. Thanks, Paul? Michael, and the whole team of uh, FOPAL, uh I, my, my thoughts are, 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 in essence, just strengthen the message of what Michael just said and strengthen the message of what Fopal says. I think one, one time I saw it was in this New York Times, and it said that love was more powerful uh, than gravity. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> love is the answer, you know, and uh, as long as we have that and, and we if we have a strong, good positive, life-affirming conscience. Conscience is really, really major. I, uh, you know, think that uh, uh, we really need to give some moment of of honor. I did the brain series for PBS, and, and uh, the brain, where conscience lives for some people's thoughts and or their heart, with some people's thoughts, or wherever in the entire body, wherever you think it is, I believe it's everywhere. But you know, you decide whether you want to. You decide whether you want to. You're not feeling well. Whether you're going to go out. You decide whether you're going to uh, do X, Y, or Z. So, I think that this kind of day of conscience is so powerful, and as it grows, being that this is the inaugural year, I think that. Uh, the world, as more people learn about, it. and thank you, Mitchell, for uh, for uh, allowing us a moment here to speak about it, and Michael for sharing sharing the full power thoughts. This thing is going to grow massively, 
because I think people are starting to understand, you know, not people, I don't want to say that. People, uh, I think, or people have always understood the difference between right and wrong and so on and so forth, and it's your conscience that makes that kind of decision. So we're all pray that that conscience is positive and, and for, for each other. What we are is what we are with each other. So, Mitchell, thank you very much. You're so welcome, Paul Slakas. I so appreciate those intelligent and wise words, and I really agree with you. Conscience is a word that needs to be more in our general collective public conversation, as with love and peace, by the way. And I I had a representative at the time, uh, Dennis Kucinich, on the radio show, who spoke very... Uh, vividly about a department of peace it used to be the department of war as you both probably know then it became the defense department maybe you could consider that a uh, a development but he wanted to go the real next step which was the department of peace so you talked about the brain paul when we uh because my background by the way michael is in psychology and uh to some extent neuroscience when we impress something affirmative not something like not war but peace as an affirmative something we can strive for it makes an imprint in the brain it gives us something rather concrete to hold on to and to relate to so the idea that uh Dennis Kucinich was referring to as having a department of peace means that we'd be asserting the values of peace throughout the world. Not not war, but peace as a real living being, if you will. And uh, I, I just always love that. So when I hear about the Federation of World Love and Peace, that's kind of what I think about, about asserting these in powerful ways so they become a, a real kind of a quantum field in people's being when you all travel into these 197 countries, stirring the pot as you do in a very, very creative way. So thank you both. I really, really enjoyed your contributions today and the good work that you're doing ongoingly. So uh, thanks again, and I encourage everybody to go on April 5th and tune in as Michael was giving us the information and Paul as well so you can be part of the solution. And uh, that's what we all want to be. So thanks again, both of you. And uh, I'll talk to you again another time. Thank you, Mitchell. Thank you, Thank you Mitchell. So welcome. What a pleasure to talk about things that are so near and dear to really all of our hearts. And that there is an organization well, there are uh, probably many of them, but this is one that has taken root clearly if it's in 197 countries uh, and Michael is traveling the face of the planet to have these kinds of robust conversations with people. And people like Paul and myself are out there telling the story, if you will, about peace and love taking root in our world. Wow, what messaging, what branding. I love it. It's really the way to go. So I want to thank all of you for listening today and take this this roundtable link and send it out to your 
friends and family and even your foes. And uh, let's all get on the same page together because in reality, we're one species. I love talking about us as a species because we're all in it together. As uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson said, we may have all taken different boats now here, but we're all in the same boat now. So I love remembering that uh, word of wisdom, that phrase of wisdom. Uh, we are a 501c3 also. Uh, we don't have very wealthy donors or a board of directors who decide to fork it out. But any of you who are able to make any size contribution, it really helps us sustain on the air, and we so appreciate it. Go to our website and become part of a better world uh, world and community at www.abetterworld.tv. That's abetterworld.tv or mitchellrabin.com. We have a series of health and healing and stress management services that can be of help, promotion services as well, to take your organization to uh, the awareness of more people. So on that note, I want to just thank you again for listening. I want to thank Michael Selfridge and Paul Slakis for being guests today and love the work they are both doing. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World, and I look forward to seeing you all next week.